Good morning, church. Are you glad to be here this morning? Excellent. Hey, listen, uh, before we get into the message this morning, I want to say thank you as a pastor and on behalf of the Hannah family. Yesterday we had John's service, and uh, man, I was blown away uh, at the amount of people that just showed up uh, to support the family that served behind the scenes, serving a meal. There were a lot of people over there just showing them love uh, during that time. And uh, Joanne wanted me to say from her as a church member for 20 years almost, she said, uh, tell everybody thank you so much for uh, their love over the past couple of weeks is greatly appreciated. And uh, just a reminder that it doesn't stop there. So let us be intentional uh, going forward as we see opportunities to love on, not just her, but many others who go through loss like that, that will just be intentional as a church. I love that about Living Water. And you guys hit it out of the park yesterday. So thank you. As David said, welcome. Uh, and when we say welcome, we mean that intentionally from the bottom of our heart. We really are glad that you're here. Um, and especially if you're a guest visiting with us for the first time or you've been a few times, I want you to know that I'm honored as a pastor to have you here as our guest today. Um, it is a big deal to us, so welcome to the church today. I'm holding in my hands something that's kind of special to me. Uh, this is 20 years old, and it's what I had in Liberal, Kansas, and it's a day planner, and it goes all the way back to 2003. And the reason I hang on to this is because it's special to me in that it signifies a pretty, pretty big change in my life. Um, I had led worship for about eight years, and I was happy leading worship. Um, I enjoyed that, but I was in Kansas, and God began laying on my heart just this idea of pastoring a church, and um, I got a phone call from a small group of people here in Canyon who had kind of formed together in a small group, and then um, they had affiliated or whatever you want to call it. They, they, they put together their, their name, Living Water Christian Fellowship. They called me. Hey, Shane, would you consider being a pastor? And I was like, man, I'm in over my head. I don't know the first thing about pastoring. I mean, I've seen a few things, and, you know, we know a thing or two because we've seen a thing or two. Is that how the commercial goes? Um, but anyways, I was just thinking, man, I don't know how to pastor, but God, if that's what I'm going to do, I'll do it. Um, and so I get the phone call before the end of the year 20 years ago, and by January, by this time 20 years ago, uh, I was on my face. I was fasting. I was asking God, God, what do you want from me if I go down there and be a pastor of this church what do you want? And here's the cool thing. I was like, this is a new thing, a new beginning, and it's an opportunity for me, like a, an artist with a piece of canvas, and I got the paints, and I get to create, if you will, along with this small group of people, what living water would become. Or uh, to put it another way, is like I get to put my hands on the wheels, right, and direct this thing. And so um, I didn't want to get in the way or just become another church. By that time, there were already 23, I believe it was, houses of worship in Canyon, Texas. And so naturally, I'm like, why do we need one more? Um, so I started seeking the heart of God and saying, God, what is it that you want me to do personally? How, how am I going to do it differently than other people? I mean, what is it that really, really matters to you? And I was seeking his heart. And, and what I discerned from him in that time, preparing to come here 20 years ago, has been core values, a set of principles in my life for these past 20 years. And hopefully um, you, you've seen that through me and hopefully you've seen it through this church. Um, but it's not just core values for me. It should be core values for each one of us as followers of Christ. Uh, and so 20 years ago, I mean, I'm looking at January, there's not a lot of activity, and February is when I said liberal church resignation announcement, and I get to stand in front of the church at Liberal and tell them um, I'm going to Texas, and I have D-Day in Canyon, that's the day I had to make the decision, y'all, it was a big step, and my anniversary, um, I'd made a commitment to two years, and I told this small group, hey, I'd love to come, but I can't do anything until March, because I made a commitment to God and to this church family, and I'm not going to do anything until March, and if you want to wait on me, hey, that's great, and they did, and um, I got here um, on my last Sunday, my ordination, and then it's like my first 
sermon ever preached at Living Water, the church, Jesus, the foundation. Man, there's a lot of history in this book, and I love it. I hang on to it because it's a great reminder of where it all began for me as a pastor for the very first time. Now, I share all that with you because I said I've got these core values, and I feel like God put on my heart for the church. What would it look like? And so we were going to begin a series today called To the Core, and that's an idiom. You hear that usually when somebody says, this kid is rotten to the core. What they're saying is through and through. I mean, totally rotten. There's nothing good. It's just right at the center of who that little turkey is. He's, a, he's evil, you know. He's rotten. Well, you can use that in a positive sense, too. And it's like when you get down to the nuts and bolts, when you get past the veneer, past the, the different ministries and the things that we do, what are we at the very core? What are the things that are foundational to us as a ministry? And I'm going to share with you today what I believe is the number one thing, first in importance, um, not because it's more important than other things, but I'll explain to you why it's important, hopefully in a minute if I remember it. Uh, but I want to talk to you for a few moments about committed to, um, committed to hospitality. Um, so Hebrews chapter 13, committed to hospitality, and, and what I want to share is this is the heart of God. This is not just Shane's heart. This is what I discerned was God's heart because he's shown hospitality to us. And if we needed it 20 years ago, man, we need it so much more today. I don't know if you've noticed or not, but the world we live in is a little bit, I don't know, more divided than it has been of late, right? I mean, you got dissension, you got vitriol, you got hatred, you got anger with one another, and it just seems like there are all these lines that have been drawn, um, especially when we went through the pandemic. Rachel and I made a, a journey. We did about 3,000 miles. We went to the north states and the west states, and I mean, we were having a blast, but it was about that time, and what we started to notice were you can tell which states were more conservative, if you will, with a conservative governor, and those that are more liberal or left-leaning with liberal governors because there were some places shut down, some were not, some were mandated masks, some were not, and it was just interesting to see all the different attitudes and the responses of the people. And the one thing that stood out to me um, is one night we spent the night over close to Hoover Dam. I'd never been there, <clears throat> and we're there, and I have this habit of getting a bottle of water before we go to the room because it costs a lot of money at the hotel, y'all. So stop off at a 7-Eleven. At 7-Eleven, I go in, and I say, I'm just going to get some water. We can go to the hotel <clears throat> and go to bed. And so um, I go in, and I get this bottle of water, and I walk up to the counter, and there's a lady behind the counter and two ladies in line in front of me, and there's me. And so the, the girl behind the counter checks out the first person, and then she looks around the other people and looks at me and says, Sir, do you have a mask? And I said, No, ma'am, I don't. And she said, Well, you can buy one over here. And I said, Just to pay for water? And her response was, I can't sell you the water without a mask. And so walking in the spirit at that moment, here's what I said. Okay, I'll walk all the way back through your store without my mask and put it back in the coal box and walk all the way back through your store without a mask. I was walking in the spirit. As I said, I was on vacation, so um, it's all good, right? So, but, but just, if you, if you felt that, you know what I'm saying, right? The mask shaming, I've never heard of that before. But we, all of a sudden we have people who are like, you don't love people because you're not wearing a mask. Or you don't love people because you didn't get a vaccination. Or you, over and over and over, we saw this build up and build up and build up. Guys, we need hospitality to come back in a big way in our country. Uh, and so it's a big, big need. And here's what psychologists have said. Is when we draw the line, right, categorizing people between them and us, something psychologically and emotionally happens when we, do, when we draw that line. What we start to do is we stop allocating resources 
of empathy and compassion to those that are on the outside, on the other side of the line. What we do is we give more love and more empathy and compassion to those who are in the in crowd, but we withdraw it or withhold it from those that are on the outside. If we're not careful, we can create these rigid lines, these huge walls that are very difficult and impossible to reconcile. It's almost like we dehumanize people. Here's the thing. I don't think that's God's heart. Amen? I think there's a need today beyond most of the rest of our time. Is like We just need hospitality to make a comeback. And so um, Hebrews chapter 13, we're going to read just a couple of verses. Actually, we're going to read three, um, not on the screen. But I want you to hear this, and we'll talk for a few moments about what it is, why it matters, and how we can practically um, practice this hospitality. So before we read the word, can I pray one more time? The Bible says, my house will be called a house of prayer. I'm going to pray. Father, I just come before you and I humble myself before you today. And I ask that you would, in this moment, Lord, as we take a topic that maybe we're familiar with, maybe we think we got it all figured out, God, that you would just give us fresh ears and a fresh heart to hear what you might want to share with us today. God, I believe it is at the center or the core of who you are as well. It's foundational to you. And God, I want that to be the same case in my life and in the church's life here, but Lord, in everybody else's life as well. So Lord, give us ears to hear what you might want to say to us today. And I ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 1. Keep on loving each other as brothers and sisters. This might look like those that are on the inside. Hey, you're showing love. Keep on doing that. Keep on showing love to one another. Don't forget to show hospitality to strangers. Say strangers. Okay, this is the them people, right? So your people that are on the inside, show them love. Continue to show love. But the strangers, the ones on the outside, don't forget to show hospitality to strangers. For some who have done this have entertained angels without realizing it. Some scholars believe this is pointing back to Genesis 18, which I'll read in a moment. Um, It's a beautiful picture of Abraham entertaining these three guests that come to visit. And some say he didn't know at the moment that he was actually entertaining angels uh, unaware, but we see hospitality in action in that passage. Um, And so he says, don't forget to show this hospitality to strangers. For some have done this um, and have entertained angels without realizing. Verse 3 says, remember those in prison as if you were there yourself. I've never been to prison, never been to jail. I mean, the closest thing I came was in elementary school. Our school made a deal with the the jail and said, hey, we want to bring kids down and let them see what the jail's like. And so we get to take the tour and they give us the little badges and they let us walk inside the jail and they close the door behind you. And you're like five, six, that freaks you out. Was that the closest I ever want to get to a jail? So I don't understand what it's like to be in jail. But he says, hey, remember those who were in prison as if you were there yourself. That's empathy, right? Remember also those being mistreated as if you felt their pain in your own bodies. And so we see at the heart here in Scripture, he's like, hey, love each other continually, but also don't forget the strangers that are around you. Show hospitality and show empathy there. This is something I believe is the heart of God and needs to make a comeback in the church today. So again, what it is why it matters, and how we might be able to practice it. So um, let's start with what it is. How many of you realize just how blessed you are to live in the panhandle of Texas? You know what I'm saying? Uh, You break down on the side of the road, 15 people will stop to offer to help you before you pick the phone up to call for help. 
That's Texas, y'all. That's awesome, right? I think we take that for granted because there are other places on this little dirt ball that we call earth that it's not the same, right? People look at you like, what do you want and what are you doing here and what do you need and you know what I mean? It's like we are blessed with this southern hospitality in the panhandle of Texas. Lance and I had the opportunity to go to Tennessee a few weeks back. We, no- we noticed that in Murfreesboro. Everybody was so friendly. And I was like, man, this is so cool. These people are so nice. And as I, I think I mentioned to you a few weeks ago that we talked to the lady at the restaurant, and she's like, this is just the way it is in Murfreesboro. Where are y'all from? Texas. And she looked at us weird. She's like, I always thought Texas people were rude. And I said, that's the people down further south because they're stressed out. People in the panhandle, people in the panhandle are cool, man. They're just very kind. They're, they're hospitable. They're, they're just helpful. So I don't want us to take for granted just how awesome we have it here living where we do. It truly is a special place. But biblically speaking, what is hospitality? Um, there is a Greek word that's used a few times in the New Testament, philoxenia. Philoxenia. I don't expect you to remember that, but it, it's important because it's made up of two different words. Two root words in the Greek. One of them is philos, which we get our word Philadelphia one of the phrases for love, brotherly love, philos, and then xenos, which means stranger or foreigner. We know what xenophobia is. It's the fear of or hatred towards those who are on the outside, right? And maybe you've heard that around in our culture today. You're just a xenophobe. You hate people that are on the outside. They don't think the way you think. And so keep this in mind, philos, friend, or Love, brotherly love, and xenos, strangers and foreigners, literally means to show hospitality is to show love for those on the outside, right? Now, here's what we're good at. We're good at showing love for the people on the inside, aren't we? We are great at showing, but Jesus says, what good is that, right? Everybody can do that. But when we go beyond that, beyond that line to the them category and say, how can I show hospitality to the people in that category, now that, I believe, is where the heart of God is at. And I see, I see it think and I see it demonstrated throughout Scripture. Webster's defines it as a friendly reception and treatment of guests or strangers. So this philoxenia, this love toward strangers. Now, just to kind of get an example of what this was like, um, if you want to turn there, if you just want to listen to this, this is pretty cool. Genesis chapter 18, this is... After the Lord has renamed Abram to Abraham, and he's making him a promise that he's going to be the father of many nations. And it says in chapter 18, verse 1, it says, The Lord appeared again to Abraham. Now, what you need to know is Abraham at this point is 99 years old. Maybe 100. 99 to 100 years old, it says, The Lord appeared again to Abraham near the oak grove belonging to Mamre. Um, One day Abraham was sitting at the entrance to his tent during the hottest part of the day without air conditioning, y'all. He looked up and noticed three men standing nearby. Now, when he saw them, listen to what he did. He ran to meet them, 99, and he welcomed them, bowing low to the ground. My Lord, he said, if it pleases you, stop here for a while. Rest in the shade of this tree while water is brought to wash your feet. And since you've honored your servant with this visit, let me prepare some food to refresh you before you continue on your journey. All right, they said, do as you have said. So Abraham ran back to the tent and said to Sarah, Sarah, get up. Choose the greatest flour we have and make some bread. That wouldn't work today in our houses. She said, go to the store and get it yourself. I'm playing. 
He says, knead it into dough and make some bread. Then Abraham ran out to the herd and chose a tender calf, like good meat, gave it to his servant who quickly prepared it. When the food was ready, Abraham took some yogurt and milk and he roasted it in the roasted meat and he served it to the men and they ate. Abraham waited on them in the shade of the trees. My friends, that's a beautiful picture of hospitality, isn't it? Now, the scripture there is not about hospitality, but we see it in action in that story. Just what genuine hospitality, a warm reception and welcoming of strangers. We would later realize that two of those strangers were angels who came to destroy the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah. And one of the strangers was the Lord himself manifested in the flesh. Hebrews says, make sure to entertain you know, with hospitality because some of you entertain angels on aware. So <clears throat> that's what this is, this idea that you, you, you welcome people, you have friendly reception and treatment to guests or strangers. That's always been my heart for this church. Now we don't always hit it right. There are going to be some people that fall through the cracks, but I love that our church is a friendly church. In fact, somebody caught me um, after the first services and said, that's exactly why I'm here. Because when we first came, y'all just wrapped us up and loved on us and we just felt like this was home for us. That's my heart because it's his heart, Right? I don't know if you've ever experienced a kind of an awkward, weird church, like we don't want you here, you don't fit our mold, you don't look right, and, and you know, we don't care that you're here or not. I don't want to be a part of a church like that. I've never wanted to be a part of a church like that. So this is something at the very core that is important to me. And I said a moment ago, I'll tell you why it's number one. You said, Shane, shouldn't you be saying the gospel is more important? You're absolutely right. It is. But if you don't get hospitality right, you don't get the chance with the most important thing of the gospel. And here's why. People will make up their mind in the first few minutes of walking in the door of a church whether they're going to come back or not. It don't matter how awesome the worship is. It don't matter how good looking the pastor is. <laughs> it don't matter how solid the presentation of the gospel is. If we're not a friendly church, they don't want to be a part of it. Amen? So something that's at the core for who I am, because I believe it's at the core of who God is, and it's, it just speaks to his heart. And so this idea of being a friendly, receptive environment, treatment of strangers and guests, again, not the ones in our circles, but outside of the circles. Uh, Dr. Joshua Tip wrote a book called Saved by Faith and Hospitality. And he says it this way, hospitality is the act or process whereby the identity of the stranger is transformed into that of a guest. While hospitality often uses the basic necessities of life, such as the protection of one's home and the offer of food, drink, conversation, and clothing, the primary impulse of hospitality is to create a safe and welcoming place where a stranger can be converted into a friend. That's hospitality. Okay? So, now why does it matter? Well, I mentioned it a few times already because I believe it's at the center of who God is. God is a God of hospitality, and I'll kind of hopefully unpack that for a moment. But let's start with first the commands. So when it comes to hospitality, there are several verses. I just chose a few of them to share with you today. First Peter 4, 9 says, Cheerfully share your home with those who need a meal or a place to stay. Okay. Now the word hospitality is not there, but the Greek word philoxenia, which is hospitality, is and he says, here's what it looks like. It looks like sharing your home with those who are in need or who need a meal or a place to stay. Now, let me just say that culture has changed a lot, a lot, since this was written. See, back in the day when someone was traveling, they didn't have like the little, um, you know, uh, buckies or a toot and totem along the way, places to stop and refresh, refill. They just made their journey, right? There weren't motels um, readily available, and so a lot of them were making the journey, and it was hot, 
It was dusty. It was somewhat dangerous. And so in their culture, it was a huge deal when somebody's traveling. It's getting close to end time. You might go out and say, hey, I noticed you're traveling. I'd love if you would come and be my guest tonight. I've got an extra room, got some food. Come be my guest. It'd be an honor to me if you would come stay at my house. Not today. Right? I told somebody, I heard a, a joke about a guy who was giving a hitchhiker a ride, and the hitchhiker said, you know, you probably shouldn't do that. I mean, what are the chances here? Like, if I were, what would you do if I were a, a serial killer? And the driver said, that'd be a coincidence that there'd be two of us in the same car. <laughs> right? So today, it's, it's just a little different culturally. I mean, we do things differently. I mean, we've got motels everywhere. We've got all the places you can stop and refresh. So it's not quite the same, but it still can be. The opening of the home, right? Sharing of the meal. Great opportunity to include people and to show hospitality. Romans 12, 13 says, When God's people are in need, be ready to help them. Our church hits it out of the park with that. When God's people are in need, be ready to help them. Always be eager to practice hospitality. Again, this love for the stranger and the foreigner. So hospitality, loving the people that are on the inside, showing love to those who are strangers. The reason I say it's at the heart of God is because he commands them in Leviticus through the law of Moses. Here's what he says. Do not take advantage of foreigners who live among you in your land. Treat them like native-born Israelites and love them as you love yourself. Remember that you were once foreigners living in the land of Egypt. I am the Lord your God. God's telling Israel, you remember what it was like when you were slaves in Egypt? You know what it was like to be the foreigner, the stranger, Just remember that when people come into your land now and treat them and love them as you would love yourself. He reminds them hospitality is important because they had been shown hospitality themselves. And so I believe Jesus modeled this. While Jesus didn't have a home to live in, um, he modeled it when it came to welcoming people. And Jesus had this habit of welcoming people that the church probably not would have welcomed, right? In fact, he was accused of having dinner with sinners and tax collectors, you know, and one time he talks to this lady at the well who had kind of a a really wild background in life. Jesus was really good at breaking down those walls and and in welcoming people in, and he even got rebuked for it. So I believe it's at the heart of God, and so it's commanded. I think Jesus modeled it by eating with sinners at the woman at the well. He says, hey, when you offer a cup of cold water in my name, I mean, that's That's the good stuff right there, right? To show the hospitality. Now, for us, I think sometimes we can forget just how blessed we are, not only living in the state of Texas and, you know, this hospitality, but as followers of Christ, how God has also included us who were strangers and foreigners, outsiders to his covenant through the gospel he's brought us in. And what happens is we forget that. We can start to get kind of cocky. We can start to get a little bit prideful thinking that, you know what, the church is here to serve me. What can I get out of this? What programs do I need? Or how can you, or whatever, how can you meet my needs? And we become me-focused and less others-focused. So let me just say this. If, if you don't get anything else I say today, here's the key to hospitality. You ready for it? The key to hospitality is focusing on self less and others more. That's really it, at the heart of it. It's like, if you want to be hospitable, it's like, hey, I just got to quit focusing on me more, and I need to focus on others more. Ephesians, Paul says it this way. Don't forget that you Gentiles, if you're not born Jewish, you're a Gentile, right? So he says of us, don't forget that you Gentiles used to be outsiders. You were called uncircumcised heathens by the Jews, 
who were proud of their circumcision, even though it affected only their bodies and not their hearts. In those days, you were living apart from Christ. You were excluded from citizenship among the people of Israel, and you did not know the covenant promise God had made to them. You lived in this world without God and without hope. But now, you've been united with Christ Jesus. Once you were far away from God, but now you have been brought near to him through the blood of Christ. For Christ himself has brought peace to us. He united Jews and Gentiles into one people when in his own body on the cross he broke down the wall, the line of hostility that separated us. He goes on in verse 19. So now you Gentiles are no longer strangers and foreigners. Do you remember before Christ that, you know what, we were strangers and foreigners to the covenant promises of God. But God, at his very heart, is a hospitable God. He's like, hey, I want to bring them in. I want to bring them to the table, right? Go out to the highways and the hedges and compel them to come in. That's God's heart. And through the gospel, he has given us an opportunity to belong, right? Once we were strangers and foreigners, he says, you were citizens along with all of God's holy people. Or he says, you are citizens along with all God's holy people. You are members of God's family. <clears throat> Together, we are his house built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets. And the cornerstone is Christ Jesus himself. I think it's good for us to remind ourselves, you know what? We need to show hospitality because we've been shown hospitality. And that should produce within each one of us a humility to say, God, I, it's kind of cool that you included me into your family, right, when I believed in the gospel. God, thank you for including me. And because of that, maybe I should reflect your heart and say, God, what do you want me to do? And, oh, you want me to show hospitality? Okay, God, help me to learn how to do that in a way that honors you because our world is starving for it today, church. So hospitality has been shown to us and I believe that's why it matters, because God has shown us hospitality. He modeled it. He commanded it. And we need to remember that he's shown hospitality to us as well. So how do we practice that? As I said a moment ago, the key is to focus less on self and more on, on others. But I want to break this down into church and home, because I'm passionate about this right here, right? Not just this, but, and I'm here. It's just 20 years now. We're, we're working on the ministry at Living Water, and I've always been passionate about hospitality. And as I said a moment ago, because if, it don't get, if we don't get that right, it doesn't matter what else we do, we're going to miss an opportunity. And so hospitality is very important to me. It's, a, it's to the core. It's central. It's foundational. And so um, as it pertains to the church, I want you to imagine for a moment your first time. Some of you today is your first time. And here's my hope. Here's my fear. My fear is that you walked through the door and no one smiled. No one opened the door for you. No one even acknowledged that you were here. Man, I would hate to hear that. The reality is it happens sometimes. My hope is... That you say, you know what, I know what it was like the first time I came to the door. And you know what, y'all made it easier because you just welcomed me in. You made me feel like I was at home. That's my heart. That's the heart of the leadership of the church. And hopefully you get that you, yourself, right? So here's one of the ways you can help with that. I mean, you got to, he's like, I like people. I just like making people feel welcome. How can I help? Because you know what, Shane and David, we both are passionate about this, but there's only two of us and there's a lot of you. And it's hard to make our rounds and say, glad you're here. He's like, I would like to be a part of that. I mean, we have a hospitality team, and it's simply just people who are there at the front of the door of the church greeting people with a smile, right? Hint, hint. All you guys are not smiling right now. Are you glad to be here? I'm just like, okay. It was meeting people and saying, hey, man, I'm glad you're here. Welcome. Open the door, smile. You don't know the impact that that could have on someone's life who's walking through the door with the weight of the world on their shoulders and a simple smile. Listen, you don't have to have a degree to do that. 
Many people will not be able to get in the pulpit and preach a sermon, stay on the stage, lead in worship, but everybody, say everybody, everybody can do hospitality. Right? Everybody can show hospitality. Just be friendly, be kind. And so if that's, you, you say, hey, Shane, I'd like to do that. Man, holler at us, fill out a card in the, in the seat back, drop it in, and we will contact you because I love seeing people in the foyer just treating this as that's their home. Welcome. Glad you're here. Come on in. How can I help you? You need a bathroom? Let me show you where it's at. I, I referenced this before. I don't want to knock on it, but I visited a church in Dallas one time, and I just remember how I was really passionate about hospitality, and I was there, and I thought, I'm going to check this out. I've been hearing a lot about it. There's a lot of buzz. And so I go to visit, and I show up. <clears throat> it's rainy. There's a guy on the phone at the door, and he just kind of opens it like that, doesn't acknowledge me. I'm like, thanks. I walk in. i got to go to the bathroom like really bad. I've been driving, and so I'm looking like the obvious guest who walks in the church for the first time does. And you know what I'm looking for, right? I might have been doing a dance too, I don't know, but I was needing to go really bad. And what I saw was down the hallway, a group of people that were just huddled together, obviously friends, in deep conversation. And, and I noticed that they looked up and they looked at me and then went right back to their conversation. I was like, well, that wasn't very helpful. So I find the bathroom on my own and I finally make my way into the sanctuary, wait for the service to start. <clears throat> and uh, when they start the service, they do a few songs of worship and they say, all right, time out. If you're a guest visiting with us today, they did the thing that everybody is terrified. Stand up. Oh, great. So I stand up. Every eye is on me. You would think it was like a soft pitch, right? Oh, this is oh, no, knocked it out of the park, right? Two people in the entire church of about 400 came up to me and said, I'm glad you're here today. Now, here's the kicker. Their slogan, their motto, whatever you want to call it, was, we are all about people. And I went, I came home, and I'm like, boy, our church better not be like that. Right? <laughs> I'm just passionate about this because people want to feel welcome. They want to feel loved. And so as it pertains to church, like just having people that are saying, I take ownership. This is my church, not the pastor's church. I belong here. This is my family, and I want everybody that comes to these doors to feel Welcome. Do you have the heart? Hopefully so. It's grounded in humility, knowing that, hey, you know what? God's shown me humility or hospitality, and I want to show it to other people. And so, I mean, it's not hard to smile at people, to welcome people. And I would say this. Don't circle the wagons. Listen, we all have friends here, and it would be so easy to just engage in conversation the whole time we're here with friends. But can I just say that there's a, a great opportunity away from that circle of friends you know, hey, how you doing, man? It's good to see you. We'll catch up in a moment. I got work to do. And then just go around and making people feel welcome. How many know that would be really cool? And I, and I got to say a praise to the church because Living Water, for the most part, gets that. And we do a really, really good job at it. And it just makes me, as a pastor, just smile. God, thank you. Because that's pretty cool. But what about in our personal lives as it relates to hospitality? This showing love to those who are on the outside and those that are not a part um, you know, I, I was thinking about my grandpa. <clears throat> he passed away in about 82 or 83. And um, speaking of xenophobes, he was definitely not a xenophobe. He would have had the serial killer living in the house with my grandma and me as a grandkid coming over to visit. He was just so good at opening up the doors. He'd see a hitchhiker pull over and like, you need a job? Yeah. Come on, I'll haul hay. You can help me. Go get started at 5 in the morning or whatever. You need you hungry? Yeah, come on, Martha. My wife is Martha White, y'all. That's her name. She's an amazing cook. 
not the Martha White, but anyways, that's a side point. She was a really good cook. Hey, she'll come and cook you a meal. You need a place to stay? Got an extra room. Come stay with us. As a grandkid, we'd go over there and go, who's that? <laughs> Big beard, burly looking like, he's kind of creeping me out. I was like, oh, that's uh, John. He's going to stay with us for a few days. Oh, okay. It was just normal back then. You know how much different it is today? Here's another thing that's different, and I'm not suggesting that you do this, please. Nobody has the time, but you remember a time when every week the pastor was eating at somebody's house? Again, I'm not asking you to do this. I'm not. But man, when I was a kid, it was like you have a revival, and the pastor's in town for a week. Every night, he's at somebody's house. Every week, we were entertaining people at our house. We met a lot of pastors in my childhood. That's something we don't see much anymore. I'm not saying it's a bad thing. It's just culturally things have changed. And, but, man, how can we at home get, like, recentered and look at this hospitality? Like, how would God want me to do it on a personal level beyond the church but just in my personal life? Again, it, it starts by looking at ourselves less and looking at others more. And I would say one of the easiest things we can do is with the resources we have is open our homes to people for a meal. You're like saying that's mm, cross the line. Remember the houses that you said, the big old huge front porches, porch swing? You know what the house said? Welcome. You know what it says now? Stay away. Right? It's like this little bitty porch with a welcome mat. We don't mean it, but it's there. And we're like praying nobody rings the doorbell because like, man, I'm missing my fortress. It's a crazy world up there. And I go home to just relax and I don't want to entertain people. I get it. That's the culture we live in today. But maybe for some of you, you're like, man, my kids are grown. We're sitting around twiddling our thumbs. Maybe that's a great thing we should do. Find somebody in our community and just invite them over for supper. They might uh, not freak them out a little bit because it's not normal in our culture, but here's another way. You can say, hey, somebody in the community, somebody you meet at school, somebody at work, and you just say, and I'd like to get to know you a little bit better. What are you doing next week? Let's get some coffee, right? So I'm not bringing them to home, but what I'm doing is I'm welcoming them into my life. I'm saying, hey, I want to get to know you. In fact, my son and I are building a house north of town, and we met another contractor, and he's like 20-something years old, young, young guy, just getting started. And I mentioned to Tanner, I was like, man, I like this kid. He's a really cool dude. And Tanner's like, yeah, he's really cool. And so um, once a week, me and my two boys get together, and we have dinner, just me being intentional as a dad with them. And I love that time, but I said, hey, we ought to invite him to come with us, you know, just to get to know him a little bit better. Because he seems like a really, really cool dude. And so Terrence said, yeah, that sounds good to me. And caught him over there a couple days ago. And I went up to him and said, hey, me and my boys were talking. And, you know, we get together for dinner like once a week. And I uh, wonder if you'd be interested in coming and joining us. He smiled real big. And he says, man, that'd be fun. Just have your son reach out to me. It's easy as that, church. Isn't that cool? Just to take an interest in somebody else. Let me hear your story. What is it that makes you tick? Why are you here? What do you do? Getting intentional with people. Ask them about their lives. Host a game night. Take them a dessert. Listen, some of you are going, I've been next to my neighbor for 30 years and haven't talked to him. It's going to be really awkward if I take them cookies at this point. It would be easier for me just to move, right? Get new neighbors and I can start over. You know, like, that would be easier. But here, here's the deal. Why can't we just own it? Hey, I'm a terrible neighbor. Um, but I made these cookies for you. I promise they're not laced. I mean, I, I, I just want you to know that I appreciate you. And, man, I just want to be intentional. That's showing hospitality. It's breaking down a wall, right? Showing a welcome spirit to those who are on the outside for us, breaking down the wall between us and them. I, I just think it's uh, in a world where there's a lot of hostility, a lot of unfriendliness, a lot of unneighborliness a lot of unsociableness. Man, we surely need hospitality in our communities today. 
right? It requires sacrifice. And sometimes it's a little time, a little getting out of your comfort zone doing that. So here's the question. What would happen if we embraced this church? What would happen if we truly said, you know what, I want to be the friendliest church in town? That doesn't mean friendly like anything. Go. I mean, there's, some, there's rules, right? I mean, but it's like when somebody comes to the door, I want them to know that we're genuinely glad that they chose to come worship with us as a church. That's what I want to be known for. Not just that, but among other things, that's one of the things that I want us to be known for. But what about on an individual basis? Like when somebody sees you, it's like, man, that's a, a friendly dude. He just has a way of disarming you and making you feel like a friend. John Hanna, that we just had his service yesterday, was that guy. Remember the old Roy Rogers quote, never met a stranger you didn't like? That was John, you know, at 59. He just had a way of disarming somebody. He can go in to a complete stranger, and a minute later, they're like their best friends. That's what I'm talking about. Just finding those ways to make those inroads so that they can experience the same grace from the gospel that you and I have also experienced. Imagine the kitchen table, right? The kitchen table and Jesus comes to your house for lunch. And you're sitting down with you and Jesus, and Jesus looks at your table and says, man, this is a huge table, and there's a lot of people that I'd love to invite to come be a part of this, to experience my grace. You get where I'm going? It's the, it's the heart. It's the heart of God, this hospitality. And I'm not, I, mean, I don't know what it looks like for you individually, but I think all of us can think up a way. All right, God, how can I be intentional when it comes to hospitality? Because I know that you've shown it to me. And I know that's what you're calling me to do. And I know it's near and dear to your heart. And I know this world surely needs it. So God, help me to find ways. What would it look like if we stepped out of our comfort zones and started showing hospitality? Have you ever done this? You meet somebody, you see their vehicle, they got a bumper sticker that you do not agree with, right? Red or blue, if you catch my rift. <laughs> Donkey and elephant, maybe. I don't know. But you look at it and you go, rrr, rrr, and you get this kind of grouchy attitude toward them, Right? You've drawn a line. It's us and them. Well, those guys are idiots, obviously, or they'd be like me. You know, usually how we act. And you know what happens is when you have an opportunity, you take the time maybe to sit down with one of those people and get to know them. Almost, almost. Sometimes they're just idiots. I mean, I'm just playing. But, you know, sometimes you look at that and say, wow, that's a really cool person. I didn't know that. Wow. I had that wrong. Have you ever done that? I've done it plenty of times. But the idea is just what would happen if we got outside of our comfort zones and just really showed this genuine, authentic hospitality that's been shown to us to other people. Here's what hospitality is something that needs to be practiced and valued, especially in today's hurting culture. Amen. So I don't know about you, but Hopefully, <clears throat> we get convicted from time to time on areas where I feel like, man, we would do a great job, and then there's times we drop the ball miserably. Um, but 20 years ago when I came here, it was like, all right, God, what kind of church will living water be? And I didn't want to be just another church. I didn't want to do it just to go through it and you know, say I'm another church, or, you know, I'm a pastor of a church. But I really wanted to hear his heart and then just do that. Love God, love people, teach the word. And I'm thankful to say, by God's grace, he's taking care of the rest of it for 20 years. Got a phone call this week asking us if we wanted to do a little 60-second uh, video for $5,500. thought it was a great deal, right? We offer this video, and we're going to put it on the website so people can get more traffic to your church. I'm like, no, nope, don't think so. Well, you don't care that people don't know? They can Google it, right? 
well, I just Googled your church, and it said, you're not on the first page of Google results. I'm like, I'm okay with that. Really? You're okay with that? Yeah, it doesn't bother me a bit. Well, if you define the search a little bit more, non-denominational churches, it still doesn't come up on the first page. I really don't care. I don't think you knew how to take me because I was like, that's not what we're about. Love God, love people, teach the word. It's never been about promoting us. It's never been about pro- promoting how can Living Water get to the first of the search page or everybody's going to. I mean, listen, God takes care of the rest when we do our part. And I love that, that God's had his hand on this church for this long. And I just hope that he continues to do that. But we need to see our role in it. Amen? All right, so hopefully you're challenged today. Maybe you come up with a way of doing this. You're, you Don't call me, ask me for dinner tonight. That's cool. You don't have to do that. But just find a way to find somebody and just, you know, erase that line to us and them and find a way to bring them in as a stranger and turn them into a friend. I know that's the heart of God because he says, whosoever will come, come. Go out on the highways and the hedges and compel them to come in. That's the heart of the Father, right? And he's still making plenty of room for those who call upon the name of the Lord to become a part of the family of God. And while we're here and we still have breath in our lungs, that means there's still time, right? And, and, and it could be as simple as showing hospitality to someone. They come to church because they made a friend and they hear the gospel for the first time and they respond to that and their life is eternally changed and you had a part in it through hospitality. Hmm. How cool is that? Father, we thank you for your, your word today. God, and just for the reminder of how important hospitality is to you and how it should be important to us. And God, I admit that we get so wrapped up in our lives and so busy consumed with focusing on what we want, what we need, that we might, may sometimes miss opportunities that you put right in front of us. And God, I just ask that today you would give us a fresh look at this, this thing called hospitality. Lord, as a church, that we would just see how important it is to be a friendly, welcoming environment for people that are coming in off of a, a beat-up, mean, hostile world who just need to feel some love. God, I want to be that church. And I pray that you would help that to increase in our church. So if there are people, God, that you've got picked out that are going to be a part of that, that you would just give them the confidence to step up and say, hey, I want to, I want to help. That they would take ownership and, Lord, that they would just be your hands and your feet, be your smile, your welcoming spirit to the people that come through the doors. Lord, in a personal note, Lord, that we would just find ways um, to be, and Lord, it doesn't mean we're going out and beating the bushes and trying to create opportunities, but God, you, you have those people already picked out and, uh, Lord, you're going to cross our paths. Help us to just be sensitive to your spirit, to the leading of your spirit, and to create opportunities for us to show hospitality that we might be able to look at someone who is a stranger and think we're just one conversation away from being friends. And, Lord, that we would be able to just erase some of those lines because the world we live in is good, and put, good at putting up walls and would love nothing more than to cause more division. Father, we're here to make a difference. And I pray that today we could do that. And Lord, that we could just take that first step of obedience. If there's someone here today that has not received your invitation, Lord, of reconciliation, and you're welcome to be a part of the family. God, I pray that today they would place their faith in you through the gospel. Lord, that they believe in what you've offered to them and they would trust you for salvation. And I pray that if there be anyone here today, today, that's their response, Lord, that you would lead them in that direction. For the rest of us, God, I pray that we would just be mindful of the opportunities that you put in front of us. God, and we would see this as not shame the pastor's core value, but we'd see it as the body of Christ is what should be one of our core values, being committed to hospitality. And I humbly ask it in Jesus' name.
Amen.